0: Spin-a-brain, spin-a-brain, spin-a-brain. The fell in the grain a my short. The fell in the grain a boy short.
1: Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and today I'm joined by a League of Ireland legend in Galway and now its manager, John Caulfield. John, welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland podcast.
0: Thank you,
1: Roy. No problem at all. Now, listen, I was doing a little bit of research and the first thing I noticed, and I didn't know about you, is that you're a Yank. You're born in the Bronx. How did that come about? Your parents are both <laughs> Irish, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't say I'm a Yank, to be honest <laughs> to Roy. Um, yeah, I think, like, lots of Irish people who were born abroad, you know, places like the States and London and, and England, these places, and, um, you know, my parents were Irish, obviously you know, like lots of people at that time in you know, season where they met abroad and, you know, met up in Irish communities and got married and moved back and uh, I was one of those lads for, so, um, you know, I was only a very short so I certainly wouldn't call myself a young boy. <laughs> have, you,
1: have you any family over there or any links at all now or is, was that the end of it? Yeah.
0: funny enough, My, my brother um, went out on no a scholarship um when he was 16 in athletics, he ran He ran 1,500 um, metres, that was his, run, his, his um, distance, and he ran for Ireland as well. He would have run in some of the European championships for, for Ireland. And he would have 16 and he never came back. Oh. So, um, But he was born in Ireland. It's strange because um, he is a Yank. He's, he's, <laughs> uh, he, he, lives, he lives over there, but um, yeah. Yeah, so he's over there Oh,
1: That's good. Would you or did you ever think of or and would you still ever think of going over there managing or even coaching in colleges or or anything like that over there?
0: Um,
1: obviously, obviously, no. after you've won the, the Premier Division with Galway, of course.
0: <laughs> no, I, I look, at, I, I, I was, um, I see myself as a football man. I love managing, you know, um, but I like to stay in football. You know, for for a long time, I would, certainly. And, um, you know, I love the bug. I love, you know, trying to make people and players better and teams better. And I love that. I never really thought about the States. Um, you know, I suppose um, I have any desire to go back to the States. I don't really. Okay, Uh,
1: A a quick look back, I suppose, how you started the Galway United job. There was an amazing tournament form and you got to the playoffs from that. How hard is it to go into a club partway through a season and what did you identify straight away that need to be changed?
0: I think it is difficult. You know, you like to go in at the start of a season when you have your plans in place and and just have everything from from a fresh start. So, yeah, it, it was different. But from my experience, the most important thing was to get in, meet the players, and try and give them a lift. You know, the confidence was certainly down. Obviously, they hadn't won a match before COVID. It, it um, had disrupted the season, so it's really about trying to get in and um, bringing confidence back into the, into the team and squad and uh, certainly, you know, getting in on the training ground and quickly trying to implement your ways and, and stuff like that. So, um, that's really what happened, Roy. So, it was very quick because, you know, I took over on Friday, the match at night and, uh, I watch from the stand and not closing through the way. Um, two days later, you know, getting the team ready for the following weekend—that would, you know, that—that that was the, the way it was. And certainly, um, you know, we certainly didn't think at that stage, at in in the August last year, that we'd be in a playoff position. It was really about trying to get our first win of the season, and then it just snowballed into, you know, we won five in a row, and we won six out of seven, and all of a sudden the playoffs looked looked possibilities possibilities. So, um it really at that stage was managing day to day and hands on, you know, to keep the the get to the playoffs. So from that point of view, um didn't allow really for for, for, for me to do the the cult to build structures for uh for this season coming. So um yeah, through it the whole way to the playoff final, which is great credit to the team and the players and the effort they put in. And um but when the
1: season finished they give me an opportunity to to get things ready and put in, put in place this season you know Yeah we had Mikey Place on the podcast and uh, it is, it's more or less what he said he said he just got that, that bit of positivity from it there it was, was an uplift so you always get that at the start of, a, of a, I suppose a managerial's reign the tricky part is to, to keep that high going isn't it It is and, and um, you know it, that, that is always
0: the, the, the difficulty and uh, but you know, I think we've on a run, and you know, you know, winning is, is, is a great feeling, and it gives great confidence. And um, you know, we we sort of scored a few late goals as well, which which um, in the last couple of minutes, which you know certainly um, gives tremendous um, confidence. And that's really what happened. But I suppose really we were playing every week, Roy, uh, in a scenario where we needed. To get to nearly to win every game, you know. Obviously, we lost one or two, so the the room for error, I think, would was ten matches. We needed to win seven matches, you know, and and uh, which we did, and drew one to get into the playoffs by the skin of our teeth, goal difference. But, you know, so every game was it was like as if it was a cup final because we needed to try and get a result, and obviously then the playoffs. And uh, but but in the playoff final, to be fair to Limerick or to to, to Lamford or O'Doyle you know, they deserve to be this on the night and, um, you know, we weren't as good as we, as we could have been and, uh, you know, but maybe it maybe caught up in the end but to be fair, Blomford, um, they were very good on the night and good side and, um, you know we just have to have to recruit
1: for this season last year i think i seen more league of ireland football than i've ever seen with the the watch loi and uh, the first division clubs streaming their own games and of course i watched uh I watched a few galway united games last year and of course that that final and uh, it, they were they were really impressive and if galway's it's a fantastic job for you. There's so much potential in the area. A League of Ireland sleeping joint if you want. You have to go back to the 90s for any kind of success though with the club. A club that's the is the only club in the city as well. A county like Galway they, they really should be mixing it with the best in the country shouldn't they?
0: Yeah well I, I think you know a lot of people use the word you know sleep, sleeping joint and um, to all potentially all potential up the field and stuff like that but unfortunately um, in soccer terms um, well, it's been a long, long time since um, you know. There's been a team that have competed at the top, that is the huge challenge. You know, there has been, you know, they, they had been very strong in the late eighties and 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 the nineties. The, the, they, they obviously won the cup in ninety one and won the league cup in ninety seven, and they have competed in Europe on two occasions um, in, in the early eighty in the early nineties. but really, um, Bar. A period when um one got the team promoted and they went to the league final. Um there has been a lot of barren years for, 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 for Galway and that's strange when you when you look at um you know it's one, in one city, huge sporting um county, um tremendous facilities, you know, Terry Lamb Park, beautiful beautiful ground. Um we we train in hill, Devon, fantastic facilities, probably better than any League of Ireland club. Um, with the exception maybe of, of, of Shamrock Rovers, um, you know, and it has a lot going for it, but unfortunately for for for, for I don't know what reason, you know, the the club and the team have never really consistently over, you could say, probably a ten or fifteen year period pieces, you know, re- regularly, and um, and uh, it, it, it's hard to explain that. So I suppose. I've been brought in hoping that I may be able to change that but we have a long way to go because you know the first division is really really hard to get out of and um, you know so we're doing all the politicians to put a team together to see can we compete with um, you know all the other all, all the other teams and see can we get promoted but it's um, it's hard to know why um, it hasn't happened in Galway and um, but look at it it's, it's, the opportunity is there and certainly um, on the ground and around the city and county you know, this fantastic support for uh, for Galway United, and we have a very strong academy here as well. So, you know, I'm just hoping that, um, you know, if, I I just hope really that I can try and bring some success to the club.
1: Well, there's no doubt that I, in my mind, there's no doubt that that's going to happen. Uh, what sort of success is, I suppose, is down to yourself, but. You've mentioned a few there. What positives? What encouragement did you get from the football club when you first arrived? Obviously, facilities are, are are as good as any. Uh, what else?
0: Yeah, I think basically, you know, I'm um, you know I'm a football man, and you know I follow you know League of League of Ireland with my passion. You know, I've always followed the league. Obviously, playing the league. You know, as a, as, a, as a school kid, I was going to League of Ireland games. Um, you know, so... Knowledge is of, of League of Ireland is, is is very good, and obviously I know all the clubs, and, you know their history, and you know and stuff, and and um, I suppose really what attracted me always oh, really is that the potential of if the cover doing well, and um, but just on the ground meeting business people and the sponsorship and the support that's out from business people, certainly if, if um, you know up them who go cover lads um, they're they're they a the big sponsor in the club, but there's many other sponsors well around the, around the city and county that are involved with the club, and um, you know it just has a feeling that if you could bring it all together and get some success here, you know that there is a possibility that you could um, you know drive the club forward, and, and, and there could be good days for Galway United, but it's it's hard. Um, you know, I for people to say, you know, that I come in here and you know you're going to do this and you're going to do that. Or, or, or what you have to do is get in, you know, put some place and you have to work very hard and you have to get very good staff with you and, and very good players and um, people to buy in and to do that you have a chance, but it's a long, it's a long process. But uh, certainly for this season, So you know, um, you know, I'm hoping that we can put a team that can challenge to can get out of the division.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we've we always see snippets of what it's like behind the scenes over maybe in England you know even in Europe you'll see different academies and stuff like that what's a typical day like for a League of Ireland
0: manager? Any Anyone that's that's full time um, um, any full time League, Al- League of Ireland manager knows how what um, a unique position it is and privileged position it is to be um, you know going out every morning Um you know, in, in a profession that you love getting paid for paid for that and, uh, but, you know, I suppose a typical day would be, you know, arriving at the training ground sometime probably between 7am or 8am seeing the players coming in having your management meeting with your, with your management staff at around 8, 39 o'clock Um, the players coming in and uh, meeting the players and obviously doing maybe team meetings, video analysis and, um, Having your training session been prepared and out in the pitch probably for you know around quarter to 11, 11 o'clock, and you're you're finishing up around half twelve, quarter to one, and they come in to have their lunch, and then they go and have an afternoon session, and more tactical stuff or uh, or, or, the, or their gym session. So I suppose from that point of view, you know you're leaving the training ground probably around four o'clock, and um, probably I suppose finishing with it with, it, with a um a meeting with your management staff just to sum up the day and get your get your get your um, plans together for the following day. So um that's probably the, the the normal routine on the training ground, obviously, you know, some managers will be involved in the commercial aspect of the club, you know, so mm-hmm. there would be a lot there would be some of that. In terms of um whatever job, it's it's a fantastic job. But it is twenty four seven. I don't I don't believe there's any switch off clear there's that yeah, you know, league of Ireland league of other managers can have. I think it's just in their system that, you know, because you're always dealing with maybe players that are injured, you know, so there's always problems as well in the background and might have problems and dealing with the board as well. So, um, so from my own point of view, I just I just find it a twenty four seven job and has um, the job. And if you don't want to if you don't want to to work, for someone it's not a job for you. But certainly, if you love football and you're passionate about it, and you know you're hoping to be successful I think then it's
1: full um, it's sort of uh, the type of job where where there's no such thing as a day off you know Yeah it's all in or nothing John um, I went to school with Lisa Fallon and I know her focus I know her determination I, I, I know how seriously she takes her coaching and she's just a fantastic person to be around you've brought her on uh, as the first team head coach what qualities do you see Lisa bringing to your team and how important can she be for you Yeah well I think
0: the, the most important thing is, is that you Know she's got a lot of um, you know, attention and and people have been sort of the first you know female to be a coach in this country in League of Ireland terms. Um, certainly, um, from my point of view, she was only appointed but in because she can do the job. I've had her before in Cork um, when she was involved in opposition analysis and she was very close to the management team, but certainly, um, you know, she's she has tremendous experience through. With Michael O'Neill in Northern Ireland, obviously she was with Jim Gavin with the Doves for, for 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 a while as well. And um, but I think obviously the fact that she was in England for the last couple of years with Chelsea uh, Ladies and also with the um, the London Lionesses, where she was the manager, certainly she um, developed as a coach. So um, you know she's a she's a very uh, loyal and very hardworking, and um, like it no different than any management in any League of Ireland club. She can multitask because you have to do different things and you know, in and in terms of presentation and um, doing doing sessions and coaching. You know, it's all it's all part of it. So you know, I've no I've no um doubt that um she she's a top class coach and um she, she she'll get better um with working with, with, with all of us here in Galway but um but at the same time we can also learn from her
1: great and Gary O'Connor has also been brought in uh, what does he bring to the table
0: yeah Gary you know um, local lad Galway lad um, you know would have been um, manager and uh, and a coach when Tommy uh, Dunn was here so um, and had gone uh, you know had, had managed in the local junior leagues here but had been part of the Galway United Academy and was manager of the Galway United um, for the last couple of years so it was a natural fit for Gary to get involved because his knowledge of of Galway soccer at underage level and at junior level is, is, is incredible and it also is a very good coach and um you know very hard worker and like in any management team you need really hard working people, really loyal people and um you know I would I would know Gary a long, long time and I think um you know he, he he's a great fit to come into the club. Along with, you know, club you know many people would know Colin through the League of Ireland playing with Galway and athlone mm. And, um, you know, he's with me as my assistant manager. And then we have, we have a nice management team here, you know.
1: That's good. That's good. Because uh, it, pre-season started. It started last week. Uh, How's that started for you? How do you approach a pre-season? What way do you lay out your plans? And, and what do you focus on?
0: I think the big thing for us this year is that, first of all, we're very lucky that we can go back. You know, when so many people are come over, and it's a very difficult time. And, you know, sport has a huge release for a lot of people and you know which they can go get out to play a sport and we're lucky that we can go back from a from a plans point of view and and um, come back to the playing ground obviously you know we have changed half the team really. We we've kept more or less half of last year's squad and, and we brought in, you know, ten new players. So from that point of view we have to try and put a new team together. So the challenge is like in any group when you have a lot of new about players getting to know each other and the different strengths and um, so over the course of the pre to develop a new team um, the way we play what we want to do and um, and hopefully that um you know a lot of the players that we've brought into the club will make us better and uh, so i suppose that's what we're, we're working on everyday training.
1: And you've brought in as you mentioned you've brought in a bit of experience into your team this year the team was a young squad last season so do you think you've got the right blend now between youth and experience?
0: Yeah well it's it's. will <laughs> be asking that at the end of the season I'll right? tell you but uh, last <laughs> I, I well, year we had a lot of experience in the sense that we had Jimmy Clarke and um, in the corn and Timmy Malloy Mark Ludden but this year we've decided to go down the road of trying to train in the morning time. Um, you know, some people call it full time training and uh, it wouldn't be full full time training as I w- as I would call it because we still have a lot of guys that are uh, are, are working with themselves and with the COVID, they can work from home and just to train in the morning. But we also have a lot of lads in college. The the age profile of, of, of the team is probably, you know, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. So 23. we we've, we've a bulk of fourteen or fifteen guys in that age bracket. But, um, you know, obviously Shane Duggan was here. And uh, there was, to bring in, you know, another experienced player and obviously Conor McCormick, I, I would know very well where he brought the Cork. Who was of, you know, in the Dublin Cork. You know, I wanted to bring him into the club and uh, thankfully, um, you know, the board backed me and we worked hard to try and get him and uh, thankfully he's here now.
1: When you look at the first division, I suppose, this year, Cork City Shelbourne dropping down you're going to have to play a consistent level to have a chance of gaining promotion how do you make sure that consistency happens what's what's the what's the formula for that
0: yeah well I think you know you, you build your squad you have to have competition for places um, you know for fella, ended, a fella it's the fellow gets injured the fella loses form you need a fella to come in that can keep the standard of the team you know at the same level and that can, that can be difficult um you have to, um, you know, to, to train, to train hard, and make sure you're, you're, fit and you're competitive. And, you know, you have, I, I suppose, what I found out in the league and particularly the first division last year was that every game was very, very. You no, know, I think sometimes if you compare it, to Premier Division, sometimes the Premier Division, you see two or t- three teams pulling away, and generally most of the teams that are, are beneath them. But I just what I on the first division last year was that any team could beat anyone. Um there was no rather so won the league, but at the same time, you know, in the running you know, Atlon beat them in the running and home mm. were third last and they went to the cup semi final and they knocked out Shelvon previously. So, you know, Atlone were one of those teams that got phenomenal results. But in the league they didn't have the same consistency. But um you know, one thing you need, you need to have any chance of, of of winning a division is that you need to be consistent and, um, you know, ultimately win 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 matches every week. So, um, you know, if you're consistent win a matches every week, you bring confidence, confident and uh, that's what you need to do. But the one thing I would say about the, the first division this year, it's going to be an incredible division because it's gonna be a minefield with the teams that are all there. When you look at all the teams that have invested, obviously um uh to go straight back up. Um, you know, Cork have come down a local team. Um, you know, Cork always, you know, very strong club, um, and Colin Healy at in charge, you know, who who was who was charged I mean again, you know, bring back Stephen Deutschy. Um, and you know, the Darrow Morris is about mosque to all and our local team so again very 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 strong. Um, at loan, they've invested heavily. invested with, 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 with Conor Clifford, Brandon Kavanagh. Um Pat Devlin is kept is keeping quiet at the moment, so we're all waiting to see what players have Pat on Earth because you know he still is the nucleus of his team from last year. Robert he always brings in some new players. Cove, who uh, who have just missed out the playoffs last year. UCD, who probably was the team that everyone thought would go up last year, they're all a the year older. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting to see um, who, else, who else will be, who will be the, 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 the next team in, into the league, whether it'll be Limerick or Shamrock Rovers B. So, when you look at overall, most teams have invested in White, um and brought in more players or better players than they had last year. So um, the team that will be consistent will win the league, and that's. But I think what you'll have, and um, you could well have, a league table where every two or three three weeks you could have a different leader at the top. But um, we we'll just have to wait and
1: see. Yeah, and that's what makes the first division so intriguing. You just don't know what's going to happen from week to week. Do you feel a bit disappointed about how the first division is, I suppose, treated? Very little sort of marketing focus, very little attention at all from the league and and even some of the the the, the media stations. Uh, could we be doing more?
0: I suppose I think for anyone that's in League of Ireland or following League of Ireland, you know, um, product. You no, know, it's it's a very good product. Unfortunately, perception isn't good. Um, and I suppose, they're, look, let's be let's be honest about it. Um, Investment in the league has, hasn't been hasn't been good for a long time and you know we need all the money we can in, we can get into the league you know but you know should, should the first division get more coverage should the division get more coverage of course should as well you know I think it's uh, in, in what my League of Ireland has on you know as a league it would be fantastic if, if it had uh, more finance if we had a to within the league if we probably had a, a body that ran the League of Ireland specifically. Um there's you know, lots of the areas we could we could improve on. Um but um you know if that's your question should the first division get more coverage? Certainly certainly gets very, very little coverage so uh, any coverage it does get is is well needed and the uh, more we could get would be would be great but it's um it's certainly um a division that um pretty little coverage.
1: Yeah, no, I I'd be very disappointed with uh, all sorts of angles of, of of through the FAI through even RTE and stuff like that it really sort of bothers me that they don't get that and as you're right the Premier Division doesn't get enough of it either but they certainly get a hell of a lot more than the First Division and, and sometimes I know it's been called before the the Graveyard League which is it uh, kind of just sums up kind of how maybe some of the feelings are uh, or looks or perceives to be that the feelings are about the first division that it's not really uh, important and it really is. Um, I was chatting to Treaty United boss Tommy Barrett at the weekend and we got to discussing youth development and we talked about the lack of quality of players making it into our national team. Now, we have over 100,000 players under the SFAI banner at any one time. So we were saying surely that at least you could get 20 quality players to make national team a stronger side. I also made out the point that League of Ireland clubs only take players from 13 or 14 years of age and that that's way past the age and the stage needed to develop and define the young players' technical abilities. So at Galway United, are, are they... Are they just taking in thirteen, fourteen-year-olds from the local clubs and trying to develop them from there, or are they going to go out there, be a bit proactive, and work with the clubs around them, uh, and just trying to develop those t- technically gifted players?
0: Yeah, I think one of the big always that obviously, you know, we 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 have, we have our, um, our our teams from um under thirteen up to under nineteen. But below that you know from six seven eight we had the go you United know, academy and um you know a lot of a lot of workers I started to uh, started on that on that site to develop players you know that I, I, I they first begin kick football um but thankfully you know um there has been a lot of strange relation strange relationships with other clubs around but what I've seen over the last number of years has been huge work uh, made around the around the city. And uh, you know there's a lot of goodwill, and everyone seems to be pulling in the right in the same direction, which is what you need. Because obviously, through football in in this country, you know we all know you know the, the hassle between schoolboy teams or certain schoolboy teams or League of Ireland teams, and you know we need everyone to work together. You know it's for the same it's, it's, it's the same good really that you're trying to develop young young players to be professional players and hopefully go on to play for the international team. So we should be all you know. Thing from the one him she did it, so to speak, but that hasn't happened. But thankfully in Galway there's, there's a lot of work done and um, in, in a good place that you know there's a lot of work on the ground between all the clubs and um, you know in the club here certainly with the, um, with, the with the academy you do, do a lot of work with um, kids from six to eleven. You
1: know? that's good. That's good. And do you work well? I know Merview and, and South Hill, Devon are, are two of the, the bigger clubs down there. Do, do they work with yous? Do yous work with them?
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot of bridges have been built, but at the same time, you know, um, you know, in and the things are rosy in the garden, you know, because there has been lots of issues over the, over the years, and long, long before I ever came here, but I have to say that since I've come here, I've met you know uh, people from um, all the different clubs, Salt Hill, Mervue, Renmore, all of ranges, um all the, all the, all the, or more, you know, all great schoolboy clubs and all doing their best. And, you know, have, they all have strong numbers and good academies. And, um, you know, they're all uh, clubs that, uh, thankfully, that call the United Work. That's
1: good. That's good to hear. John, you were a decent striker, scored a few goals in your time. So, why do you think that our country has struggled to develop top quality strikers? We've had goalkeepers defenders even wingers uh centre midfielders but top quality strikers we've found a hard especially over the last 20 years or so what's what's holding us back in in creating strikers
0: I think the question you asked me there, Roy, it might be easier to read the of and answer that question.
1: But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always thinking, though, I'm always yeah, thinking I about know. it on a coaching level, though. On a coaching level, yeah, what, you know. why aren't... What, it, we surely should be able to... Or, or, or haven't, we, haven't we got our coaching structure right yet? Is that one of the reasons? No, I think,
0: you know, I think everyone acknowledges that our coaching has improved in the country, throughout the country, but at the same time, you know, have we got a or Can we improve a course? Or can. There's loads of areas that we need to develop and get better. You know, and I suppose if you look at it from um, an international point of view and you go to any of what we call top football companies, whether it's Germany, you know, France, Holland, you know, you go to and you watch any of those clubs or you have the privilege to be, you know, involved in, in, in looking from the at the inside of these clubs, which, you know, when you do your pro-license, you have the opportunity to do. You know they have coaches, they have striker coaches, they have defensive coaches, which are in most sports as well. If you if, if you look at this in in most professional sports, American football, um, rugby, you know they have your know, forward coach, defensive coach. In, in 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 we don't have that. You know possibly you know that, that 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 might be the area that could be developed more. But um, also I suppose on the on the other side, on the other side of it, probably right, you know. Is there enough shooting practices in coaching sessions anymore? Um, you know, I've attended hundreds of coaching sessions um, over the years, and it's amazing how, how many attend and this great shape worked on, great tactical work done. You no, know, but it's amazing when you, you see a little, um, you know, finishing work done. You know, and and I suppose you know if, if you bring it down to if you bring it down to um, level. You know, every every coaching session, every training session, you should always have um, certainly an element in it for um, for finishing. Um, is that the answer? I do know. Certainly, um, um, I guess my observation when I look at lots of uh, coaching sessions and lots of training sessions, that I don't see a lot of finishing being done, and it's one of it's, it's the most important area. You know, so um, you know, is, is, is there's a reason? I don't know. Um, I want to throw out there that I, I do think that certainly coaching and, and, and finishing um, sessions um, are important at each training session, and um, but it's something I don't think that it's it's done as it's done on a regular basis.
1: I wonder if facilities is a problem because you will see a lot of teams uh, training younger teams out training. A lot of clubs have a lot of teams, and they might not have the they' just even goals. To, for every team, you know they might be using poles. They might be using, I don't know, cones. M- maybe we we don't have the, the. And of course, you have the dark nights, and you're under certain lights and stuff like that. Maybe we don't have the the, the facilities still within our clubs at at schoolboy level. Yeah, good,
0: good question. I'm sure there are lots of schoolboy clubs that are struggling for you know those types of facilities, or even struggling for having you know a number of. High number of balls for each team when they go training, you know, rather than having maybe two balls per team, a, a, when, when you need maybe maybe eight to ten if you want to do a a shooting session or absolutely you right. Know, you could you could make a good point. The only thing I suppose, if you, if you look at it, that um, you know historically with, with goal scores that we've had in international football, um, we've had I don't go back many years, but Van Givens, Frank Stapleton and um, you know obviously Robert I think many, going back many years ago, there was, there was lots of clubs that had less facilities than they have now. If, any, if anything, I think clubs probably had better facilities and have more more than they would have had previously. But um, yeah, so could point.
1: it be? Could it good be because you're going back to now and Galway United you know, used to win trophies, John? <laughs> could it be that it's because of the nature of our society now that kids don't be out playing as much? They're not practicing as much because you got those players probably from the, the street football now everything is very organised and that organisation uh, organised organized football doesn't give that input for as you said finishing drills and focusing on, on centre forwards
0: Yeah m- maybe so and, and, and you could be right Roy certainly certainly are our, 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 our teams more organised now they are the more structured they are um, our teams training a lot, a lot more when they're not at training, when they're on their own, um, possibly, possibly not, you know, you know, because um, you know that, that that might be the case. But at the same time, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to you know when I when I walk around the place walk home you know, I see kids playing. You know, you love you love you see them out there. And they're 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 doing their when they're playing amongst themselves. They're playing their games and they're doing their shooting. But are kids not as active as, as they were previously? You know, some people think everything was, was great in the good old days, you know, whereas, you know, i not so sure that was right either. know, I think, you know, nowadays there's a lot of potential there. You know, but it may, maybe sometimes it might be, you know, the, the pull-through might be that, you know, there are many kids coming through who are talented, but they're just not getting through whether there's pressure which which can happen, no. you know, maybe don't develop their potential, you know, from schoolboy to, to, to adults. And plus the break to, um, to professional football is much tougher than it probably was before. And certainly, if you look at from a, a UK point of view in England, you know, one time when we went back to the likes of the Ronnie Whelan, these lads. You know, they were playing with Roy Keane. They were playing with Man United and Liverpool. And most of their team were either Irish, Scottish, English, or Welsh. Whereas now, most of their teams are are players from from um, South America, Europe. So it's it's become much more difficult for 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 Irish lads to to, to break into the top um, teams in England from that point of view. So you know, so hopefully maybe with our with our like business, you know, we should have a proper football industry here, which we don't, unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, even though there's huge efforts by a lot of clubs to train to achieve that, But, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, down the road that we um, more players like that can can go to a higher level in in, in in England. But um it's a very good question. There's many answers to it and um but just I, I just that from my own my own point of view I just think that every training every training session should have should have um shooting and finishing
1: sessions on it you know Yep, uh, I really hope well, of course everyone hopes and, and like yourself we're all huge football fans within Ireland and uh, I mean if a player goes to uh, Poland we're looking at the Polish league we just love our football we love our players so hopefully we can get those top uh, strikers back in our game and it'll do us the world of good nationally listen John you did a fantastic job at Cork see? A, a job that you you loved and there's no, absolutely no doubt about both of those how do you look back at your time as a manager including the end of your time there? If you pop back in time, is there anything that you'd go back and change?
0: I think, I think with, 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 with every manager, I, I have a simple philosophy, you live in the moment, Coxley was an absolute key. You know, for me, especially time because after being a player for the club for so long, been asking a supporter and then get the opportunity to manage the club and, you know, to have so many great kids and, um, uh, it was just a unique time. And no matter what way you look at it, you know, and back, there's always something that you you say, well, will I change that? Will, will, you know, I might change this or change that. But, you know, you just deal with it in the moment. And, um, you know, it's no point in looking back. It was just, you know, at a time uh, when we when we moved in as a management, the club were, you know, were on its knees, they were in debt. And then the next five years, we were competing at the top, which was probably the greatest, you know, team, in the League of Ireland history. And, you know, we were in there giving us our best. and You know, we won some trophies and we were pushing them and, and we were doing our best. And, uh, you know, we won a double, which many teams don't do. And we were in four cup finals in, in Europe every year. So, you know, there was, there was fantastic, great occasions. So, you know, I, I have nothing but time to memories of people may have in the end, you know, the start of the last season, that we still didn't start as well as we would have hoped for the previous five years we, we were never outside the top two, which was um which is a bit of players were well, there considering that, you know, I think over over that period of time we had about fourteen players that had gone to England. So um players did and the, the support from the city and county was, was phenomenal and uh, no all I have is fantastic one reason. You know, I can't um I can't say no if you would have changed things. You know, you just deal with them the way the way the way you were at the time and I think it's like going to Galway. Go you treat every day as it is. You do your to work as hard as you can, and um, you see what it brings. in the Gareth Corker was just um, incredible period for 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 myself. And I I I, I have I don't have any I don't have any bad memories. Yes, when you lose a cup final, you disappoint disappointed, of course, Mark, in in the context of managing the the people and the supporters and um, the success we had in. Well, and we had bad days as well, but you know, I'd have to say, looking back, it was just, it was just a fantastic and the of my life.
1: Yeah, and you, you contributed to a, a great time uh, for Cork City fans, and not only Cork City fans, but uh, you contributed to the league massively and uh, I think everyone will be grateful for that. Um, just finishing off with one last question. We both love the League of Ireland. We want the best for every team that's in, involved in the league. So what would you like to see improved in the league and how should we go about getting it done?
0: Yeah, I, I think the, 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 the main thing I would like for, for, for our league is that That we have a body of people that run the league independently, and that we run it as, and no different than any any, anyone going out tomorrow morning to own business or, you know, I I would like, you know, a League of Ireland board of four or five people, fully employed, um, and their their job and responsibility is to is is to run the league. Their job is, you know, to to run the league professionally bring commercial business in and um, you know we run it as a business and no different than any other league in Europe I think that that would be the first thing that I I I, I would think would help and and I think because it's just too much um, there's there's a lot of decisions that that aren't right but you know it's it's um, it's a lot of people, I and mean, when you say to me about you know Cork and being manager Cork and now in Galway, I must admit I love going around the League of Ireland clubs and meeting all the other clubs and the supporters and people involved with them because we are a unique uh, breed of people who for the League of Ireland. And uh, but you know, certainly, you no, know, I believe that you know it's a fantastic product, but we need to lift it. And we need to change our, our our ways of running the league, and uh, it needs to be run independently, and it needs to be run as a as a professional. And um, if we get to if if we if we if we got to that point, then I think um, the league kick off and quick like marketing, correct investment. I think there's, there's huge positives for a for a professional league in this country. Pay players proper a proper contract. They get paid fifty two weeks, like in any other job. And they're guaranteed to get their money, like in any, like in, like in any other job. So, um, you know, so that's, that's the way I see it. But, you know, until it's run as a business and run by a group of people that are employed by the FBI to, to solely run the league, I think then, you know, until that happens, I don't think the league can progress into what I would call a proper football industry.
1: Yeah, no, I'm 100% uh, agreeing with you there. Um, We just need to step it up a level, don't we? We, we? In fairness, over the last, you know, I could even say seven, eight years or so, the, the league has the interest in the league has got more and more and and there's a there is a better product on the pitch you can see that the the the, the quality in the pitch is getting there and we just need to get the infrastructure and as you said marketing is such it's it's such a powerful tool and i just don't think they're they're using it to their to their best so yeah fingers crossed and and, and we need just people to drive it on we need people to demand it and and, and ask for for that to be done for us uh, john it's been an absolute pleasure uh, thanks for taking so much time out of your day I you know uh, you're you're going to be a busy man. Uh, might catch up on you dur- during the year and, and see how you're getting on, and hopefully hopefully the pressure's not piling on too much, and you're and you're up there challenging. Uh, I have an awful soft spot for Galway, uh, just the town, the city, the people. So uh, it's like a second home. So I'll be rooting for his this year.
0: Thanks very so much, Ryan. Look, we need all the people covering our league and watching our league in, and and. Uh, guys like yourself who need all the coverage we can get and uh, fair pledge keeps good welcome.